Hey y'all, and welcome back to This Is Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Hilbert, and this is a podcast all about how to become the best version of you. Finding who you really are, improving yourself, feeding your soul, and exploring new ways to grow in each area of your life. Welcome back, everybody, and happy Valentine's Day. I actually feel really lucky that this episode is actually coming out on Valentine's Day. Um, I hope you guys have some really, I don't know, exciting things planned. I am working um, today. I'm recording this before Valentine's Day, but on Valentine's Day, I'm going to be working. So nothing super exciting for me, but um, I do have my dogs as my Valentine this year. I have this little, well... I say joke between us, but it's my dog, so I don't really think he gets the joke, but I always tell him that he's my forever Valentine, so he's going to be my Valentine this year, along with my other dog, Lemon, Um, and actually, on the day that I'm recording this, it is her birthday, so Lemon just turned six, so that's very fun. She got an exciting breakfast. Um, She eats kibble, but then I added an egg and some cheese and coconut oil and some fun stuff for her, and then I'll give her some cookies and stuff later just kind of celebrate um she's just you know the light of my life so that's kind of what's going on over here um what else happened this week I don't know it's been it's been an interesting week I've been having this weird phase of not knowing if I need to cry or fight somebody and I don't know I feel like everyone kind of experiences this where it's just almost like you haven't done one of those in a long time so even though nothing big has happened you kind of have like these little built-up emotions of just I don't know someone irritating you or something happening and eventually you're like I think I just need to get all this out so that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like I need to either cry or get into an argument with somebody and then I'll feel a lot better. But <laughs> other than that, I'm just kind of hanging out, um, recording this before I'm going to work. Honestly, I wish I had some snacks right now. I feel like that would make things um, in my life be a lot easier. But also, I think you guys would hate it if I was eating during this episode. So I don't know. What are what are we talking about today? Let's just Let's just dive right into it. So since today is Valentine's Day, I figured that we should do an episode that is related to love and relationships and all of that jazz. Initially, I had decided I was going to do an episode on setting boundaries with those close to you and around you, as well as communication within our relationships. And while beginning notes for that episode, I had brought up love languages to my roommate. And this was just mentioned briefly, and she had no idea what I was talking about. And I'm not entirely sure why, but I had just assumed that everyone knew what love languages were, so I hadn't done an episode on it for that reason. So today, we're going to talk about love languages, and then next week, we're going to talk about setting boundaries and communication, and I'm going to just kind of tie these episodes together. So this is kind of going to be our first kind of two-part episode. But before we get into what love languages actually are and how to utilize them, I'm going to talk about where they came from who coined the whole idea of love languages and, you know, their history, if you will. So so the concept of love languages was coined by Dr. Gary Chapman, 
and Chapman is a marriage counselor, director of marriage seminars, a senior associate pastor at Calvary Baptist Church, and he's a New York Times bestselling author. His book, The Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate, was published in 1992 and has sold over 20 million copies. I do want to take a moment to point out a couple of things. Chapman is a marriage counselor and he has his PhD, but his degree is in adult education. So he is not a psychologist or psychiatrist. I also want to point out that I am going to be talking about this specific topic that comes from Gary Chapman, but that does not mean that I agree with or associate with everything he says or his views. All right, so even though Gary Chapman is not a psychologist studying this topic, there are a couple of studies that have been done after this topic that took off, that dive deeper into love languages and how they work as well. Um, It's hard because it is just a generalized topic, so studying it kind of means you're studying how the topic themselves affect people rather than what they are, if that makes sense. And I think that'll make more sense as we kind of get into it. So what are love languages? Love languages are the way in which we express, receive, and wish to receive love. It's how we give love to others, so our partners, our family, our friends, as well as how we want others to express love to us. There are five love languages defined by Chapman, and they include words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, gifts, and quality time. We all have multiple love languages that we associate with, so you can love getting a kiss from your partner as well as hearing them verbally say I love you. Even though we have multiple love languages, they are ranked by which we appreciate over others. So you generally we have, you know, a primary love language and a secondary, maybe even a third that are our main and then the others that it doesn't mean that we don't appreciate them, but we just don't necessarily need them and it's not ones that we really seek out. So let's break down each one and explain what they all are. So words of affirmation is first, and that is how we talk to our partners and how our partners talk to us. People who have words of affirmation as their primary love language are looking for verbal or written confirmation of love. And this includes I love you's, words of encouragement, compliments, and appreciation. This also includes words spoken verbally, digitally, so texting, emails, social media, or written words. Dr. Michelle Rosser Majors, and she is Associate professor, professor and Program Chair Coordinator for the Bachelor of Arts in Psychology at University of, Global, University of Arizona Global Campus, and she said, humans aspire to feel competent, valued, and appreciated. Positive words have this type of power, creating solid foundations needed to build strong, productive relationships that resonate clear forms of communication, clear lines of communication. So these positive words increase co- cognitive reasoning. Wow, I can't read today. <laughs> these were positive words increase cognitive reasoning, strengthen frontal lobes, activate the emotional centers of our brain, and encourage us to take more positive action. So if words of affirmation is your partner's primary love language, something important to remember is that it does not only apply to saying I love you. It's telling your partner they look beautiful or handsome that day. It's congratulating them on their accomplishment at work. It's asking them how the book they're reading is going, thanking them for the meal they cooked you. It's finding ways to express how you feel about them verbally, telling them out loud how you feel. Texting them in the middle of the day to let them know you're thinking about them and hope they enjoy the rest of their day. Now in comparison, acts of service is showing your partner how you feel instead of telling them. Think of it as as a demonstration of your love. For someone with acts of service as their primary love language, they believe that actions speak louder than words. 
And when I say actions, I don't mean that it has to be grand gestures. I mean, please help me out and do the dishes and vacuum. A little acts throughout the day to make your partner's life easier and less chaotic. It's taking something off of their plate so they can breathe a little easier. Show them you love them instead of telling them that you love them. Love language number three is physical touch. So physical signs of affection instead of verbal or actions. And this can range from a handhold to a back rub to a kiss. We are looking for wanted physical intimacy here, people. I'm just going to say this. Consent is key. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. Consent is key. But this want, this need for physical touch comes from our childhoods, our roots of wanting and needing affection from our parents. So touch is the first language that we use as infants, which can then, and for many, translate into needing that type of intimacy and relationships to feel appreciated and loved. And again, physical touch can manifest in more ways than just a kiss. Holding someone's hand, rubbing someone's back, or playing with someone's hair, those little moments and gentle touch can mean a lot to certain people. We do generally see this love language being more prominent and a bigger priority for men, but it can manifest on anyone's list. All right, all right. Gift giving. This one is luckily fairly plain and simple. Gift giving does indeed refer to the act of giving, you guessed it, gifts. This doesn't mean it needs to be big and expensive. A piece of candy will do. It's not about the money. It's about the fact that you saw something and thought of your partner. You thought about them when you were not with them and you paid attention to what they like. It's taking the time out of your day to choose something nice for them. It's the symbolic nature of it all. What's important here to remember is choosing something with meaning. So gift giving tends to be the least popular love language, but let's be honest, everyone enjoys a little token of your love once in a while. All right, we did it. Last one. The last love language is quality time. And by quality time, we mean undivided attention. So this is time specifically chosen for your person, whether that be listening and talking to one another or specific activities without interruptions from other people, phones, TV, et cetera, et cetera. These moments in time lie outside of the everyday moments you spend with one another while you work or clean the house or run errands. This is time set apart from the hustle and bustle of life specifically for your person. The key word is quality. Putting in time and effort and thought and care into the time that you are spending with this person. It doesn't have to be a trip to Mexico. It can be as simple as talking about your day, going for a drive together, or taking the dogs on a walk. Quality time as a love language can get a little confusing for those who do not keep this love language high on their list. This happens because for these people, they appreciate and love any time spent with their person, including getting chores done around the house, time spent in groups of other people, or even working alongside each other throughout the day. This does not mean that people with quality time as their love language do not appreciate and enjoy these moments, but they require time alone without distractions in addition to the, the other moments throughout the day. Just because they have spent a lot of time with you and other people does not mean to them that they have spent a lot of quality time with you. Again, quality time requires undivided attention and care. So why are these important? Why do we care and how can they help us? Understanding first ourselves and second our partners is so important and should be a high priority to be able to develop and maintain a healthy relationship. And our love language is a huge piece of how we function in a relationship, how we interact with others. For example, let's say your love language is words of affirmation and your partner's love language is acts of service. You come home from work and you say to your partner, hi babe, I'm so excited to see you. How is your day? 
they respond by telling you that they cleaned the living room and did all the laundry. You're feeling a little confused because you've just expressed in your own way how happy you are to see this person and that you care about how their day went because you love them. On the other side, your partner was, in their way, trying to express to you that they love you by completing chores that they know you do not enjoy doing so you can have more time to relax after working all day because they love you. Both parties are expressing love, but both parties are not feeling loved because their love languages are not being reciprocated. This is why love languages are important and can be so helpful. In this specific scenario, our words of affirmations partner was hoping to hear back from their partner what they did during the day and how they were missed. Our acts of service partner wanted to be appreciated for what they accomplished. They wanted to be thanked and then have that reciprocated, possibly by having their partner offer to cook dinner that evening. It may not seem like this would make a big difference with such a brief conversation, but all these brief conversations and moments add up to how our relationships work in everyday life and how we believe our partners view and love us. I'm going to give you another example from my life personally. I also want to be able to express how this can be helpful in relationships that are not romantic, whether that be family or friends, any other platonic relationship. The first time I learned about love languages and what they were was back when I was in high school. At the time, I lived at home and my older sister was away in college. My mom had a conversation with the two of us about how love languages and how they work. She wanted us to take a quiz to find out what they were. And I'm sure this was so she could better understand the two of us. But what ended up actually happening was that it was really helpful for my sister and I and how we communicate. What I learned is that I value words of affirmation while my sister's primary love language was acts of service. And this was mind blowing to me. It shouldn't have been, but it was. I had spent my whole life living with my sister. I knew her better than most people, and I had no idea that when she asked me to cut her an apple or make her a sandwich, that it was her way of wanting to be loved and appreciated. Honestly, I just thought that she was being lazy and wanted to annoy me, but that wasn't the case at all. On the other hand, my sister did not understand how expressed to me her love because she is not the I love you kind of gal. She hated saying it to me, which drove me crazy. I mean, I thought she hated me all throughout middle school. (laughs) This realization of our love languages was such a monumental moment for us, and it really turned around our relationship and how we viewed one another. From then on, we stopped having these little arguments and bickering about these moments. Anytime my sister would ask me to get her a glass of water or grab her something from another room or whatever it may be, I just reminded myself that this is her love language, and I do love her, and so for her, I'm willing to get my butt up off the couch and do it. For me, she will respond to my texts when I text her I love you, and she will tell me that she's proud of me when I accomplish something. And that is the key. It's the give and take of it all. Just like any other aspect of a relationship, it's the give and take of showing one another respect and love, but in a way that they understand and want to be loved. Something else I want to quickly point out is that learning your partner or your friends or your sister's love language is not just about being able to show them you love them. It's also a sign of respect. By doing so, you are showing them that you respect them and want them to receive the most out of your relationship. You care about how they feel and what you can do to be a better friend, partner, or family member. And if acts of service is your partner's primary love language, finding out what theirs is and acting upon it is an even bigger act of love. Double whammy right there. You're welcome. (laughs) So how can you find out what your love language is and what your partner's love language is? The same way we learn anything about ourselves nowadays online quizzes. (laughs) There's an official online quiz on the Love Language website. It's www.5lovelanguages.com. 
There are also so many other quizzes out there, but that is the official one. And I will have it linked in the show notes for this in case you want to go take it or have your partner take it. And it will rank all the love languages for you and give you percentages of how you feel about each one. I took it the other day before starting this episode, and my three primary love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, and acts of service, in case anyone was curious. Every time I've explained to someone what love languages are and how they look, they are usually fairly surprised to learn what theirs are or realize they don't actually know what their partners are. We can know someone so well and what they love or what gifts to give them, but we don't actually know what their love languages are. We know how they respond to the love that we have shown them. Again, we know how they respond to our love languages because we give love in the way in which we want to receive love. So the way that we want to receive love, our love language, that's how we give love. So we are only watching their response in the way that just because we want to hear words of affirmation from our partner does not mean that is what they want. This is why it's such an important step to take and something to understand about the people you keep close to you. Like I said in the beginning of this episode, understanding our partner, our friend, family member in any way adds to our relationships and love languages is just another way for us to do that and encourage a healthier relationship. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I know it was a little bit different of a format and we kind of were just more going through information is less than talking about scenarios um, that I've encountered. But next week, we're going to be tying in setting boundaries and just communicating and love languages is a way that we communicate. So this is going to be part two next week. So I hope you guys come back next week and check out kind of what we're going to be talking about because I think it's going to be a really good episode and definitely more of a personal episode um, than this one. All of the resources for this episode are going to be linked below as well as more resources for you guys to do if you want to hear more about this topic. Um, or take the quiz and find your love language. Again, I highly, highly recommend it. This is a topic that I talk about with a lot of people in my real life, in my real life, in my personal life. And I just find it really interesting to kind of learn more about people and how they function. So yeah, I will see you guys next week and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed and were able to see a different side of things. Please, please, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and go like and follow my Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash thisisyourlifepodcast. There I post more resources and updates on episodes, as well as overall encouraging content. If you have any suggestions or requests for episode topics, you can email me at thisisyourlifepodcast at gmail.com. And remember guys, this is your life. I can do whatever I want. It's my podcast. If you're sad, just listen to ABBA. Oh, for anyone who's wondering, I didn't get new tires. My dog is in the room with us today, which normally I kick the dogs out because they're loud, but Kenny's just laying on his bed being a sweet little boy. He's actually in here because he's on a timeout from trying to play with the cat, but (laughs) he's being really sweet while he's in here. I wish you guys could see him. He's so cute.